This is an IG paid post. The news and editorial staff of the Financial Times had no role in its preparation. Hello and welcome to IG's Decoding the Markets. I'm Jeremy Naylor and with me on the pod today is Mark Shipman, author of several books on trading and investing, including EQ versus IQ, and Oliver Smith, Portfolio Manager at IG Group. Today we're talking about the psychology of investing. Mark Shipman, to you first, how is the psychology of investing different from the psychology of trading? There's definitely a, a different psychology to the two endeavours, um, and it's all about mindset as much as anything. But if we look at the logistics, typically traders or people perceived to be trading uh, are more active. They're looking at the markets uh, intraday or on a daily basis. Investors, we would like to think, are looking at the market on a more passive basis and looking for longer-term gains over many, many years. Um, that said, I don't think either endeavour is easy if it doesn't suit your mindset. Um, you cannot force someone who is a trader to take a very ultra long-term view of something. Um, many years ago, I tried to work with a former life trader, and uh, I was teaching him how to trend follow. And that day at one o'clock, we bought the breakout, and I told him, this is part of your long-term investment now. We may run this for many, many weeks. And about five hours later, he phoned me back. He said, I've taken the profit. And I said, we've only been in it about four hours. He said, four hours is a hell of a long while for me. He said, I'm out in 10 seconds. So there's, there's nothing particularly clever about either endeavour. If, if, if it works for you, then use it. But they are very, very different animals. Oliver Smith, the problem with this, of course, is the fact uh, the longer you hold something, the more difficult it might be to run against the uh, tide that goes with that. How difficult is it to filter out some of the short-term noise when looking at the investment psychology? It can certainly be very difficult. And I think one of the problems that a lot of people fall, fall for is if they buy a stock, let's say Apple today, over the next couple of weeks, they will monitor that one position ob obsessively. So the important thing when you're taking any position in any market is just to, to realise that um, you know you have a, a wider portfolio, that you position that that one holding is as um, a sensible part of your portfolio and really try and, and look at the bigger picture you know if, if, if you buy any stock it's not because you want to make a one or two percent return it's because you're looking for a 30 or 40 percent return over a longer period what are the key psychological mistakes that an investor makes to me there are two clear things the first is that people get greedy and the second is that they get frightened. So for people who get greedy, they tend to invest in themes. They think um, of the next big thing. They look for something which may have quite speculative characteristics to it, and, and often something that's gone up quite a bit. And that has a double whammy effect when the markets turn, because people get frightened very easily when they start to make paper losses. And the way to stop being frightened is simply to just to take smaller positions in the, in the investments that you have, and also to ensure that you've got diversification across your portfolio. And by diversification, that doesn't mean holding lots of different stocks. It means holding lots of different asset classes. So if the markets do dip 15 or even 20%, then you have a chance of rebalancing your portfolio by selling the things that are done well and buying the things that are done badly. And anything you can do really to systematically invest is going to help you in the long run avoid doing things like selling out at the bottom. This is the thing, isn't it, Mark? The, the, the different attitude between trading and, and investing, the, the, the long-term picture. How difficult for you as a trader and an investor, how much more difficult is it for you to hold something for any length of time, knowing that it's down in the interim and holding out for the longer-term profit? Um, I think the process for me now, I've, I've been doing this for nearly three decades. Uh, I've honed, uh, and in fact, as Oliver says, I mean, I, I've developed my own set of rules. 
that I use and follow. And, and that's my discipline that forces me to get out of losing positions. And it, it's sometimes harder. It forces me to stay in the winning ones. Um, all said and done, I'm flesh and blood. And uh, whole, uh, profits can sometimes be burning a hole in your pocket. Uh, you can have a trend that's making tremendous uh, profits for you. And we're all natural. We naturally assume that money is ours. But it isn't until you've actually closed that position. So I think it's um, one of the things I find that uh, is very interesting. This is trading and investing. If we're financially involved, we're emotionally involved. So the way to control our emotions, and it will be our emotions that will sabotage the holding of any position, is, as Oliver said, is to make sure that our commitments are measured, um, that they're relatively small compared to our overall portfolio, so that if we're financially controlled, we should be emotionally controlled and less likely to grab profits or sit with a losing position. Because the other endeavor, of course, is with investing. People, uh, sorry, the other danger is with investing, that people, um, they'll research a company. As I've said, they'll, they'll say, look at Apple, they'll read everything about Apple, and they'll invest in Apple. And all of a sudden, they're now married, married to that position. They care like it's their football team whether apples going up or down shouldn't be like that once you've made your decision if you can you should become more dispassionate about the performance and then just follow whatever rules you have for running those profits this is the problem oliver isn't it does someone like yourself who's a, a portfolio manager it's having the commitment to, to stay with something despite the fact there may be some negative news around for example apple yeah it can be very difficult when there's short-term market noise to stick to your longer-term goals but i think one of the ways to really try and get a little bit dispassionate about it is rather than looking at things in pounds and pence to try if you can to look at uh, your investments in terms of percentage moves. And this becomes particularly important as you get older, as you build up your investments, whereby just a small 5% move in the market could see you lose potentially several months or even a year's salary in terms of value. But if you're looking at things in percentages, if you take that longer-term view of what the charts have done, you see just how many 10% corrections there have been in the FTSE or even 20% corrections over 30 years, then you can really try and get that longer-term perspective. Mark, how difficult is it to climb outside what might be perceived as your natural skin as a trader, to become an investor. Is, are, are the two close enough aligned for one person to be able to be good at both? Or do you think that you are deep down either one or the other? I think if the will is there, then a trader can definitely move into a longer term investing. And, and I don't see why they shouldn't be able to do both. I think the key, again, is discipline and having a, a criteria, a set of rules, if you will, that govern both endeavours. Um, I'm I very much have a part of my portfolio which is long-term investing and I'm looking and I'm, I'm a trend follower, I'm systematic, uh, it's well documented in some of the books I've written that I, you know, I will follow moving average systems and I will just run those trends. I find that very easy and likewise on the trading side I'm predominantly an options trader now and in some cases I'm looking to trade options over earnings so I'll be opening them on the day before the earning, closing on the day after but again I'm following a set of rules. Um, so for me, I, I think over the years, I've obviously, that, that's how I've developed as a trader. As I said, the story with the life guy, I mean, he was so ingrained from the moment he first started trading, he was trading in seconds. And that's, I think, a harder leap. Um, I always had the luxury from the very day I started at the banks that um, I was still, I wasn't forced to go in and trade on a minute by minute basis. But I think it's possible. I think it's the will of the person. I don't think anyone can say, I can't invest because I'm, I'm too much a trader orientated. The skill sets are the same, really. It's just the time differences. Oliver, let me ask you a similar sort of question and look at two sides of something. As a portfolio manager, is your psychology different from servicing clients than it is to your own personal portfolio and your own endeavours to become retired at a certain age? 
It is for sure much easier to look after a client portfolio than your own because those losses, you know, unfortunately mean much less to you. I mean, in in, in terms of in terms of your day to day or long term standard of living. But um, there are better ways whereby you you can become a little bit more dispassionate about your own investments. So a, a lot of active traders. I think one of the mistakes they make is that they don't look at their portfolios relative to a benchmark. So if you're if you're comparing your portfolio to the FTSE 100 or to the MSCI World, and you see that the MSCI World is down 20% and you're down 15, or even if you're down 22%, it doesn't actually matter that much because you know that in in the long run, as long as the global economy grows, your portfolio is going to be um, is going to be re- rewarded with with gains at some point. Um, but having a, a, a relative benchmark to something that can show volatility is a much better way of looking at it than just saying, I've lost money, I've done badly. Mm. Does buy and hold work, Oliver? Buy and hold c- can only work if, if you've got diversification. So so buy and hold will not work if you're wedded to one sector. If you, if you only hold technology stocks or only hold commodity stocks, a buy and hold approach can be very, very dangerous in the long run. If you hold many different countries, many different asset classes, as long as you're rebalancing, buy and hold can work well. Mark, um, the diversification aspect, um, are you you happy with this or are you a bit more, or perhaps maybe too specific in your investing because you are a trader? Well, I'm an investor as well. I mean, I think now as I grow older, I'm becoming more 50-50 in trading and investing. But what I would say is... um, Diversification is important for spreading your your risk in a sense across various assets, but also I think the what must we must bear in mind diversification just for the sake of it is also not a good goal to have. Um, there's no point in just putting five percent of your money in a poor performing asset if it's going to remain a poor performing asset. Um, my beef I have with buy and hold is is buy and hold for what? What are you holding for? Again, we need a plan. You need a plan of, of where that stock may go. And, and God forbid, but you don't want to be buying and holding an Enron or a Marconi. Hmm. Gentlemen, we've got to leave it there, but thanks for joining us. IG's uh, Decoding the Markets with me, Jeremy Naylor, looking at the psychology of investing with Mark Shipman, trader and author, and Oliver Smith, IG Portfolio Manager. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.